So if you have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2 and verse 7. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, they will, there will be anger and wrath. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, and then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Those who are self-seeking and reject the truth and follow evil, they will, there will be wrath and anger. Being self-seeking is, is the complete opposite of, of Christianity. What is Christianity? It, the whole basis of it is a man who laid down his life. You know, what, what does the scripture say? That there, there, a friend is one who lays down his life for another. Someone who put the sins of all humanity on his own shoulders. And said, I am going to lay myself down so that others could be saved. I have come to serve. We're servants. That's what we do. We serve others. We serve God. We don't serve self. That's true, Josie. There is a lot of pride associated with that because it's all about me. It's all about me. What's going to make me happy? What's going what's gonna to satisfy me? Uh, Self-indulgence. You know, everything about, I feel like I'm this, so you have to accept me because I'm, I, 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 I'm this, right? You know, um, um, and I, I, I believe that I'm this, so you have to, 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 to just automatically uh, um, approve of me. Me, because I feel this way. It doesn't matter whether it's completely against all logic. It doesn't matter whether it's completely against the Bible. It doesn't matter if it's completely against uh, uh, science. No, I feel this way, me, right? Exactly, Steph, we must die to self. Yeah, that's true, Sheba. New age is more of, of you, whereas Christ is less of you and more of him. We pour ourselves out for the Lord. It's not about self-seeking things. And I want to read you a little bit about this, this new age concept this new age movement they call it uh to abbreviate it it's called the nam the new age movement and it, again like i said earlier it's very broad it's not that there's one thing it's, it's a lot of things but i'm going to basically try to sum up the best that i could and i'm using textbooks here uh textbooks that i'm, I'm using for my for my bible school class okay so this is not i didn't make it up this is this is researched uh, um facts okay so new age concepts find their roots in many ancient sources, including Babylonian rituals. Isn't it interesting? What's Babylon? Babylon is considered the, the very epitome of sin and evil. The, the very epitome of bondage. Do you understand? Where, where, where were the children of God captive? They were captive in Babylon. Babylon is a place of evil. It's a place of wickedness. It's a place of bondage that you need to be set free from. So isn't it interesting and not surprising at all that, that there are roots in the New Age movement from, from things that were, were part of the Babylonian culture the root of, of, of everything pagan not a surprise at all that should be enough 
for you to say, I don't want nothing to do with it, but I'll continue. So, so essentially the goal or one of the goals is to solve problems like poverty, world hunger, crime, war, and terrorism by bringing forth peace, light, energy, cooperation, human growth, and happiness, all made possible through human progress and development. But all of this is a false lure, a lie that is based on human resources and ability. So you would think, well, that's a good thing. We should want to solve poverty and world hunger and crime and all that stuff. But the method by which they are doing it, energy, cooperation, you know, human progress, development. And I've already talked about this. God loves increase. He loves multiplication. He gave a command for us to multiply in every way. But all of this essentially is outside of God. There's no, this is not about um, how can I serve God to the fullest? This is about how can we use our own, you know, we're going to get to such a, a, a heightened, um, a heightened stage of, of, of knowledge, right? That we're going to get to the highest knowledge we can get. And so then if we all band together, right? Where have we heard that before? You know, things, and again, this is why, this is why it's appealing. And this is why the church easily falls prey. Well, we should want to live in peace, shouldn't we? Right? Hmm. Think about that for a second. We should strive for peace among the brothers and sisters in the church. Absolutely. There is peace that comes from a knowledge of the truth and a knowledge of Christ. But what about world peace? You know, whenever I think of world peace, there's a movie. Um, I don't know. Do I recommend it? I'm going to say yes. It's very funny. And I'm, as, I, as, I, as I recall, there shouldn't be anything. There wasn't anything bad on it. But the movie was called uh, Miss Congeniality. It's kind of an old movie. If you're young, you would have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's, it's quite a classic. Um, and the premise of this movie, um, there's an FBI agent who goes undercover at the Miss America pageant. And so in this Miss America pageant, they would... Um, ask each contestant, you know, what's one thing that the world needs? And every single contestant said, world peace, world peace, world peace. So everybody, you know, th that's kind of like, well, you know, isn't that the solution to all of our problems if there's all world peace? You know what? One day, guys, one day the lion will lay down with the lamb and there will be peace. But we're not there yet. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. What is he talking about? That he's going to divide the people who are on his side and the people who are not on his side, like a winnowing fork, like saying, separating the wheat from the chaff. If you're under some kind of delusion or impression that as Christians it's all about world peace, you haven't read your Bible. There will be a time. There will be a time when everything's going to come under the rule of one person in Jesus Christ. That he's going to come and descend on a white horse with eyes like fire, with hair like wool, with voice like many waters. And he's going <laughs> to, and he is going to, to, to once and for all make a difference on this earth but until then 
Don't fall into a trap of world peace. Because the, 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 um, the new age movement wants to usher in a new world order with three ideals, one world government, one world leader, one world religion. Where have you heard that before? The whole point of this is to bring everyone under one mind. We're all going to be of one mind. We're all going to be of, where have you read that before? I don't have to tell you, but it's in the book of Revelation. So don't get ahead of God in trying to, uh, um, Uh, this is a great movie. And trying to think that, oh, our goal, we should want to solve all these problems. Yeah, but you're not going to solve it with human means. And you want to know how I know that? Because it hasn't solved it yet. Because there, I just read today that there is a soccer player who in a one-year contract is going to make 770, I can't even say the number, it's too big, like, like $778 million dollars. So yeah, $700 million in one year to play soccer. Do you understand? I want you to, and I love sports, but the money, the money that is circulates here. And there are people in our own nation that live on the street that can't afford a, a house. By human means, they are never going to solve world hunger. They're never going to solve poverty. It's never going to happen because everybody is self-seeking. They only care about themselves and they try to fool you into thinking if you do what we say together, we are going to solve all the problems. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. I'm sure by donating to all the causes that they tell you to donate to, that, 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 that together we're going to solve, yeah right, as they buy a third, fourth, and fifth home and a private jet to fly around and molest children. Don't, and the church is so, ugh, not our church, it's so gullible. Because on the surface we think, yeah, you know, uh, we, we should want to solve all these problems. Yeah, we should. You know how you're going to solve it? With the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how you're going to solve it. Our mission on this earth is to take ground for the kingdom of God. To bring people out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. The gospel is perishing, is, is um, sorry, offensive to people who are perishing. That's what the scripture says. And so whether you realize it or not, there are these concepts and these beliefs that have wormed their way into the church under the banner of love and harmony and peace and acceptance and building bridges and being allies. Do you know what all that means? It's wickedness. That's what it means. Now, I'm not saying, now listen, just to be clear. The Bible says that the kindness of God leads men to repentance. You don't go on the street and find an unsafe person and say, Hey, you're so wicked, you're going to go to hell. That's not, that's not the answer. You go to them and you say, Jesus loves you. And God has a plan for you. And there's a better way. And there's another way that you can go. And there is a path that leads to life. That leads to eternal life. You don't have to live this life anymore. That, that's how it's said. But from the pulpit, let me tell you something. You cannot be afraid to preach the truth. Paul talked about sin a lot. Who was he talking to? He was talking to the church. 
He did not hold back ever. He did not hold back in talking about all the things that are sin. And we're going to get to that tonight. We're going to get to that. You, we cannot sugarcoat the Bible and hide under this uh, uh, um, new age kind of uh, uh, peace and love and acceptance. And everyone's welcome. Yeah, everyone is welcome. Absolutely. But you see, do you understand the subtle difference between saying that, that we accept everybody and we welcome everybody. And then what ends up happening is rather than you influencing them to, to, to come into a new life with Christ, they're influencing you. And now you're sugarcoating things and now you're leaving stuff out. And well, actually, you know, we've evolved since then. And you know, the original language actually didn't really say that this is what ends up happening. Let me, let me read you a little bit more about the New Age movement. New Age activists hope to transform society by bringing about a reawakening that will emphasize self-discovery, self spiritual growth, and enlightenment. Always with, always with self-enlightenment and going to a higher plane of knowledge. You know, there's something in, 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 the, uh, um, in the scriptures called Gnosticism. And what that basically means is, um, it's this belief that there is some kind of, of higher knowledge that's only exclusive to some people that will lead you to salvation. That is wickedness. Paul warns, those are the false teachers that Paul is warning against. Don't listen to that stuff. But instead, what do we talk about today? Someone who, who, who speaks about the prosperity of God is a false teacher. Someone who speaks about the healing of God is a false teacher. Do you see it? Do you see it? That's not false teaching according to the scripture. That's scripture. But there are things and people that worm their way into the church. And there's this watering down of the gospel and this watering down of the scripture. All under the banner of peace, love, acceptance. In the New Age movement, salvation is not a matter of saving one's soul from being fallen and sinful, but instead achieving a new state of awareness that brings about enlightenment and oneness with all things. This is what it all is. It's all about enlightenment. It's all about uh, um, awareness. I'm having a new uh, uh, a state of awareness now. I'm having a higher state of knowledge now. I'm, I'm, I'm one. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in uh, uh, complete harmony and unity. Yeah, we should strive for unity among the believers. It's a different kind of unity. This is, this is a wicked kind of unity. It's a oneness with nature and the environment and uh, this and that. And I'm going to go and I'm going to sit uh, on a rock for three days and just, you know, just be enlightened and just meditate. It's all, it's all, there's no God there. There's no God there. Yeah, exactly, Sheba. Yeah, the my dad mentioned progressive churches because the whole idea of being progressive is basically saying this is an antiquated book. It's an old book. It's written, you know, old people that had no understanding of what life is like now. They wrote this book. And so now we have to have a, a progressive way of looking at things, a relevant way of looking at things. You know, we need to understand what people are going through now. 
You heard what Pastor Steve said yesterday. There was even worse stuff going, if you could believe it. Worse stuff going on back then than now. There's some bad stuff going on now, but there was some real messed up stuff going on back then. You know, which which is, that that should have been eye-opening to you. That should have been very eye-opening to you. That you need to realize and understand that this whole idea that, you know, the, 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 you know, the Bible can't possibly, we, you know, God can't possibly understand me now and what I'm going through. Oh, really? Then you should look, look into history and see the things that people used to do. So new, people of, new, of the New Age movement say that human nature is neither good or bad, neither good nor bad, but open to continual transformation. Nothing is absolute. All is relative, including morals and ethics. Therefore, there's no need for Christ's atoning death because enlightenment comes from within. So everything's from within. What do we know about what's within? The heart above all things is wicked above all things. You need to have a new heart. Your heart of stone needs to be replaced for a heart of flesh. You, you need to have a new spirit within you. The spirit of God. Not some weirdo spirit that you get from, from, from doing a yoga pose. But that's, that's what it all is. So there's no need for, for any kind of salvation or transformation through Christ. Because it all, you, all you need to do is come to a point of complete enlightenment and then you'll have the salvation that you're looking for. It is, it is a messed up thing. But again, because it's so, there's so many different facets to it, you could be involved in this without even really realizing it. Because on the surface, you think, well, yeah, we should strive for all these things. But the way that, that they're going about it is completely contrary to the word of God. So the whole idea of thinking that, you know, that we're not, you know, we're not good or bad, you know, we're all, we're always, we're always growing, we're always transforming, we're always, um, you know, becoming something. Let me read you another scripture. Romans chapter three and verse 20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you ever hear anybody say any kind of stuff like, well, you know, we're not really good or bad. You know, there's no, you know, sin is all relative. It's all, you know, depending what you believe. No, there is, there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is the kind of stuff that you don't hear enough from the pulpit. Not certainly not our pulpit, but from pulpits. And you can watch all, all these different, you know, preachers online and all this stuff. I don't even know what they're talking about half the time. I honestly don't because they're all falling into this progressive trap, this new age trap without even realizing if you had said, Hey, you know, that's new age. You'd be like, no, it's not. I know. Of course not. You know, we're not, we're not doing Buddhist, Buddhist stuff and, and Hinduism and stuff like that, which is part of it too. But there's a lot. I, I, I mean, just some of the stuff I read. 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, verse 24, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. There's only one way, only one. What, what is another thing that new, the New Age uh, movement claims? That everything leads to the same place. That all religions lead to the same place. That everybody, no matter what you believe, as long as you, you know, try to do good things, um, it all leads to, all paths lead to the same place. What does the scripture say? That the, the road is narrow, that only few will find it. But the road to hell is broad and many are on it. That's what the scripture says. So any idea that all roads lead to the same place or all religions lead to the same place, that is false and against the word of God. I'm fro I froze? Is there something wrong with, uh, is the broadcast going bad again? I really hope not. Seems to be all good on my end. Anyone? Anyone, uh, Tell me that it's good. It's the subject matter, for sure. <laughs> um, so, so there, it's fine? Okay. Okay, it's good. It might just be... Uh, even all the way in New Mexico, it's good. Praise God. <laughs> if it, By the way, if it does freeze or whatever, the best thing to do is just go off and come back on right away. Um... Awesome. Okay. So pretty much everyone's for the most part good. Um, so this is, this is an understanding that all roads in fact do not go to the same place. There is only one way. Jesus said of himself, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except by me, Jesus said. So if the moment you hear anything to that effect, of, of, yeah, you know, well, all religions, you know, they're all good. You know, they all lead to the same way. Nope. No and no. And that's exactly what, um, that's exactly what the New Age movement, proponents of the New Age movement claim. And so therefore their ultimate goal, which is exactly the same goal as the Antichrist, isn't that interesting, is to have a one world government and a one world religion. So everybody is the same. We all come under the same umbrella. We're all the same. Not according to the scripture. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans 6 and verse 22. But now that you have been set free from sin and you become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. You need to hear this. When I said you need to hear this broadcast, share this with somebody. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. 
That is what we preach. And if you sit in a church where they don't say that, you're in the wrong church. And if you're listening to a preacher who doesn't have the guts to say it, then you're listening to the wrong preacher. You will offend people. The gospel is offensive to those who are perishing. But the, but the scripture is very clear. The wages of sin is death. Turn to John chapter 3. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. You, verse 7, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Did you hear that? You must be born again. This, that's Jesus talking. That's Jesus letting you know all of those other things will do nothing for you unless you are born of water and the Spirit. That's the only way. The washing, the cleansing of the blood of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit upon the moment that you become saved. Without that, you will not go to heaven and i'm sorry to say it no i'm not sorry why am i apologizing i'm not i'm not, I'm not gonna apologize for the word of god it doesn't matter people aren't gonna like it but that's why this is not a, a um um you know a how can i put it you know a very a feel-good message for a lot of people it's not people don't want to hear it they want to hear that everything they're doing is good and you're doing great and and you know be yourself and be who you are, and, and God created you this way. You were born into sin, and you must die to that nature, and now put on a new nature. You must be born again. Matthew chapter 10, and verse 7. As you go, preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Exactly, Jamin. Not sorry. Preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Listen to what it says in verse 14. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. That, do, do you understand that? That flies in the face of any kind of progressive, modern, so-called loving, accepting church. If someone doesn't, doesn't want to listen to you, you shake the dust off your feet and you move on. Oh, but you know, we have to build bridges. No. Jesus already built that bridge between him and God. It was, it was built in the form of a cross when he laid down his life and said, now there is no more separation between you and the Father. I am the, I'm, the, I'm the one that's coming in between. I'm standing in the gap for you to get to the Father. That's the bridge. We're always, we're all, everybody's always wanting to build bridges with everybody. How many people, who are you actually influencing? Because more than likely, they're influencing you. I mean, just, just consider that. Preach the kingdom. Tell them that the kingdom of heaven is, a, a, is, a, is near. And if they don't accept it, shake the dust off your feet. In other words, peace out. See ya. <laughs> go, 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 go to some contemporary progressive churches and see if they say that. 
you know, we need to, we need, really need to consider, you know, what people are going through and, you know, be a lot more inclusive of everybody. Do you know what that means? Do you want, do you want to know what that means? That's a, a seemingly Christian way of saying, not preach about sin and let people do whatever they want and send them straight to hell. That's what it means. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you think that's harsh, I'm, I'm reading the scripture. Exactly, Jill. That's the point. And people, it, it's, I get it. It's hard. It's like, yeah, but I, you know, I want them to be saved. I want them to be saved too. All I care about is people being saved. And that's why, by the way, you know, when Paul says that if, if we don't have love, we're like a, a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You want to know why? Because if we are not preaching this out of love, it's, it's not going to take root. People can tell when you don't really care about them. But on the contrary, a, a, a real, true Bible-believing church will know we're going to do everything we can. We're going to do whatever it takes. I, 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 have, I have moments where I'm on my knee and I'm weeping for people because I want them to be saved. But, just, but I love people. It doesn't mean that I'm going to just affirm them in their sin. Exactly, Sheba. But, the, but see, again, it's like progressivism and all that stuff won't see it that way. You know, you're, well, you're pushing you're building walls instead of, of, of bridges. I don't even know what that means. Who are you? are not reaching anybody. They're not really saved. They're just part of a, a little community. You know what I... Anyways. That's why we have to be very careful. Make sure if there's ever a moment when we're suddenly losing our love for the lost, we got to correct ourselves because this is not about, you know, uh, uh, being right or, or putting our point across. I don't care about that. J Jesus, you know, that, that's why Jesus is saying, if they don't accept it, they don't accept it. Move on to the next town. I'm not, I'm not interested in, in, in making everyone say, oh yeah, you were right. What difference does it make? I want you in heaven with me. I want you in heaven. I, I don't want you in hell. Turn to Luke 16 for a moment before, before I read the scripture in 2 Timothy. I feel, I, I feel to read this. Luke chapter 16. Um, it's kind of a long, uh, it's a bit of a long scripture. But I'm going to read it all. <laughs> Luke 16, 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, Lazarus, covered with sores, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also sighed and was buried in hell, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus at, by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. This is the reality of hell, my friends. So you better believe it. I preach this strongly because we cannot afford to send people to hell with our loose, lukewarm, watered down doctrine. It's not going to save them. Listen, not everybody's going to accept it. 
I wish they would, but Jesus made it clear that not everybody would. The answer is to not try to dumb it down and, 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 and affirm people in their sin. That's not the answer. Hell is a place of agony, a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 25, but Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad, bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. There's no second chance once you're already in hell. It's over. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has the key, has the solution, has the answer. And what are we doing? We're having rainbow flags out the front because we have to welcome everybody. Verse 27, he answered, then I beg you, father, send Lazarus to my father's house for I have five brothers. Let them warn, let him warn them, warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. He's begging them. He's, uh, he, uh, the rich man is, is begging Abraham, please, please tell my brother so that they don't come here. But it was too late. Verse 29, Abraham replied, for they, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. That's right, Sheba. That, that was a type of under... So Sheba was talking about um, uh, how the, in the Old Testament they used to put people to death for their sins. And now obviously now in the New Covenant, we don't you know, kill people for or stone them to death for their sins. But it's a type of, of understanding that their soul is dead and needs to be raised back to life. <laughs> I know, Jamin, I just took myself out of the running for a whole lot of churches to have me, to have me in and preach. But that's fine. And, that, and that's sad, but it's true. We joke about it, but it's true. They don't want to hear this message because you might push some people away. But all you have to do is read about the rich man and Lazarus, Lazarus, I can't say that name properly, and be reminded that hell is a place of torment. And, 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 and you know, just the fact that he was begging Abraham, please, please tell my brothers. Well, guess what? You still have a chance now to tell everybody you know, but you have to tell them the truth. 2 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 22. Flee, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I received that, Jamin. Out of a pure heart. Like I said, we should strive for peace among the brethren. Exactly, right? Verse 25, those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope 
that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. That, that is not... <laughs> That's not taking a stance that says, well, you know, everybody, you know, everybody has to do what's best for them. And, you know, it's all about your self journey and you, you find yourself within yourself and you become one with the universe. And then, um, you know, we're going to have like all this oneness and like, um, you know, the, all this enlightenment, <laughs> you know, there's a football player and it's like, see, the thing with this football player is like, sometimes he says good things. And then other times, I don't know what he's doing. Um, so he, he had this thing that he did. He went to what's called um, a darkness retreat. So it's a place that you go and there's no, um, you can't have your phone or anything. And you just sit in the dark and, I don't know, try to get enlightenment. So he's, he's yeah, anyways. And, and that's what he did. He was there for four days because he had to, to figure out... Um, you know what he wanted to do with his with his career and if he wanted to retire or um you know if he wanted to retire or um you know continue to play so he had to go to this darkness retreat it's all and, and, and it's like anyways he got the answer he was looking for i guess um well he's not a green bay packer anymore stuff so there you go um but all of that stuff it's all kinds of and, and people think oh that you know that's yeah we need to disconnect you know, we need to disconnect from our phones. Yeah, that would probably be a good thing. But try disconnecting from your phone when you're having dinner with your family or when you're spending time with people or when you're having a conversation with people that you're not looking at them and half looking at your phone. That, that's when it's a good time to disconnect. Not that you go out into the woods and sit in the dark and just be like, you know, I'm going to get my answers. Um, you know, no. Because it's, again, it's all within yourself. It does rhyme with Rogers, Jamin. You're right. Look, it's very public. I'm not, I'm not telling his secret. He made that... There was a whole thing about him going to this darkness retreat. <laughs> well, I don't know, Shiba. It was in the middle of... The, I don't know. But, like, they showed pictures, and it was like... It was like... looked like a guy... You know what it kind of looked like? A little bit like a dorm room. Like, it had a bathroom and everything. So it's not like he... It wasn't like a... Um, he wasn't sitting in the woods. He actually had like shelter and everything. So it's kind of like it was a rich person's um, darkness retreat. But you see, it's all this kind of stuff. And you think, well, I would never do that. Yeah, but any moment you get involved in anything, like I mentioned before, like the crystals and the burning of the sage and the sacred stones and all of that, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all demonic. And it doesn't lead to God. It leads away from him. Right? That they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. 2 Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Did you hear that? Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord. That's why when you confess the name of the Lord, you confess of your sin and your wrongdoing. 
You must turn away from wickedness. What is wickedness? I'm glad you asked. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. There will be, in the last days, there will be terrible times. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. A form of godliness denying its power. It's basically saying, you know, you're, you're, you're essentially denying the power of the Holy Spirit. That it's all about, well, you know, we're going to be good people. We're going to be nice to everybody. And we're going to hand out socks and, you know, warm clothes. And yeah, people need that stuff. But they're going to have socks and warm clothes and still go to hell because you didn't tell them the truth. We read this, uh, Pastor Steve read this in his sermon yesterday. And I'm going to read it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. Do you not know? Listen carefully. Do you not know? It's a description of a lot of people. That the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. None of those. So take down your rainbow flag and face the truth. You only have two choices. You can preach what this says or you can change it to suit your, your wicked doctrine. And, I, and I've said this a million times and I'm going to say it again. I love people. I want them to be saved. But there are sins and lifestyles and things that are wickedness according to the word of God. And you have to let them know. Because if you don't, you're an accomplice to them going to hell. That's right. Sorry to say, not sorry at all. So all those churches... With their drag queen story hours and the rainbow flags and the we accept everybody. Okay, go for it. But you are going to be an accomplice to their eternal damnation. And that's just the way it is. Oh, that's really harsh. I didn't write it. And I don't have to, I'm not going to make apologies for it either. So the only thing that you could do is change it to suit what you want to preach. And what do we know? I think I read that the scripture last week. That if you try to change or alter or add to or take away from the word of God. You'll be rebuked. And called a liar by God himself. So be very careful what you try to change or alter. Or you know, well the definitions. Okay, you don't even know what you're talking about first of all. You know, the original language. Okay, I'm sorry, are you, are you fluent in Aramaic? Okay. First of all, you're not. And second of all, 
it's very easy and I, I again i'm not going to kind of go back into to previous studies that i've done but i i if you if you've watched me every week i read all the definitions of all of these things and they're all very clear and you can't change it but here's the good news because we never end without good news what does verse 11 say and that is what some of you were past tense but you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Friends, if you are involved in this or you know somebody that is, you don't have to be anymore. That you can be washed and clean and justified and sanctified, which means becoming holy. Oh, you know, I have these, you know, I feel this way. I don't think it could ever change. On your own, no, it can't. But with the power of the Spirit, that same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, operating on the inside of you, you can and you will change. Oh, but I can never be happy if I live. No, you say that now because you think it's not possible. Trust me, because I experienced it. Even if I didn't, it would still be true. But it makes it easier to, to, to say when I actually know that it's true because it happened to me. Because in retrospect, I was miserable back then. I just thought I was happy. No. Because when you're apart from God, you know, sin, it tastes good for, for a moment, for a season. But it doesn't lead anywhere good. It, it, it leads you straight to hell. And it leads you to hell on earth. Ask a drug dealer if they're happy, a, dr a drug addict, sorry, someone addicted that, that, that can't possibly live unless they get a hit, someone who can't find uh, joy or, or comfort or contentment in anything. They're always searching for the next thing. Apart from Christ, there is no good thing, nothing. But that's why it's the good news of the kingdom. It's the good news of the gospel. That, that Jesus came to set the captive free. That you don't have to be caught up in these things that you were once caught up with. That's what you once were. But now you have been washed in the blood of Jesus. You've been saved by the name of Jesus and by the spirit of God. Listen, if you're watching me right now or listening to this later, I want you to be saved. I wouldn't yell for an hour if I didn't care. I don't have to do this. I could be uh, 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 sitting outside, well, not getting a tan anymore, maybe. Well, maybe a little bit. I could be doing anything else. But I do this because I want you to be saved. I want you to come into right relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. So if, if you would say that there's never been a moment that you've given your life to Christ, that you've confessed Him as your Lord and Savior, if you would say, I've never done that, or you once did, but you've since fallen back into the temptations of sin, tonight is your night. Pray this prayer with me out loud out of your mouth. Why out loud? Because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And I pray this for you to repeat so that you know what you're praying. Because a lot of people have never prayed before. They have no idea what this is. So this is just to help you. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead.
I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and my Savior. I choose to follow you and not turn back. Thank you that I am now saved in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please message this account. We're going to give you a Bible. We're going to help you. Uh, you're part of the family of God now. And that family of God, by the way, you know, here's the great thing. Here's the great thing. There is an army of believers on this earth who have not bowed to Baal and have not kissed his feet, who have not bowed to the New Age movement, who have not bowed to progressivism, who have not bowed to postmodernism. And it gives me great hope and great comfort and great joy to know that there are plenty of Christians and plenty of churches who do not sugarcoat, who do not uh, uh, try to water down the gospel, but they preach hard and they preach truth. And there's more and it's growing. Don't think for a moment that we're, 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 we're the minority. Nobody preaches. No, there are plenty. There is an army. And you're part of it. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. You know, it's easy to, to, to look around and think, oh, all, all churches are going bad. Yes, some of them are. But then there are some who are growing and exploding and expanding and having moves of the Spirit. And having people healed and set free and stepping up out of wheelchairs and blind eyes open. It's happening now. So be encouraged. You know, because sometimes you hear messages like this and you're like, wow, the church sucks. No, it actually doesn't. I mean, look, our friend Rick, who's in, who's in uh, New Mexico, two services a day for a week. People are on fire for God. So, so do not... Do not be discouraged by this. This is simply a teaching and a warning to make sure that we stay on the right track. But it's not an indictment to the, to the, uh, uh, to the entire body of Christ. The devil will get you to believe that you're the only one. Oh, nobody's preaching like this. No, plenty of people are. You just have to find and listen to the right people. Plenty. You're gonna the stuff that's gonna pop up that go viral. Of course, it's always gonna be the negative stuff. People saying weird stuff. People doing weird stuff. Of course, because that's what trends. That's what sells. But the reality is, there there's a reason why Christ has at, still has not come back. Because he knows, man. The, the, these last days, this church that's here right now is taking great ground for the kingdom of God and seeing tons of people saved. So be encouraged, my friends. Be encouraged. In Jesus' name.